Hello, and welcome to our podcast, An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorne. This podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and teachers great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. Now let's begin. All right, welcome back to An Unconventional Teacher. Oh my gosh, folks, we have the guest of all guests today. Um, So Kelsey is a recipient of many accolades, you know, New Hampshire History State Teacher of the Year uh, nominee, just getting all these accolades. And and then you say, why, right? I say, oh my gosh, what makes a teacher receive those accolades? Um, So just so everyone knows, we knew each other sort of tangentially through friends in college and then never really crossed paths formally. And then I sort of came across Kelsey as I was start launching this project as I was looking up other podcasters that were teachers. The podcast explores what happened to the women in history class and puts them in. Thank you for being here. Welcome to our podcast, An Unconventional Teacher. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm like so grateful to be here. And when I listen to your podcast, it reminds me why we teach. And I think that is so cool because you know, like professional awards are whatever, that's recognition from scholars. Like what we want is we want that recognition from the kids and we get that recognition through being passionate about what we do. And I think you're reminding people about that. So I think it's really awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, but so what I'm doing is I like, I teach history in New Hampshire. I, yeah, I have a couple awards and things, but um, I'm also making this podcast on, uh, it's called Remedial History, and it's um, about women's history. And every week I have an episode and post new lesson plans for history teachers to use. Um, And we're, yeah, we're cruising with that. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, You know, one of the things that I do as a teacher is um, I participate in the National History Day Project. Oh, sweet is you know unrelated to women's history it's a inquiry-based um, program for kids to get into to learning and um, so I think that is one of the ways in which I've sort of found my niche in in history instruction and in high schools so I'm, I've been really enjoying being a part of that program beautiful Beautiful. And the list goes on and on, but uh, we're, we're grateful you're here. We're going to jump right into our first question that we ask all of our guests. Kelsey, what inspires you to teach? Well, okay. There, so I'm a history teacher, so I will tell you the, the what, which is my why. And my, uh, my why is I want, I love pulling the potential out of kids and getting them. I mean, this is part of grit and it's part of growth mindset, but getting them to realize that they are capable of doing hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And so because I'm a history teacher, I have to give you a little bit of the backstory, which That's is great sort of three moments in my life that that sort of stand out um my dad was a math um, high school math teacher and he passed away in his classroom actually when uh, i was 10 years old and um i went so i'm standing in the school gymnasium i'm 10 and obviously i just lost my dad so it's a very tough moment in my life um but i am looking around at the packed gymnasium standing room only and realizing the impact that one teacher had 
on a community. And my dad was really amazing um, in a lot of ways. Like he founded the outdoor ed program called Project Climb at the at the high school he taught at, uh, Kearsarge. And um, and and so you know, he, like my whole life, every time I go to my hometown, I have people coming up to me being like, "Oh, you're Warren Brooks' daughter. That's so cool." You know, and like like I went to get the flowers for my wedding, and the girl who like you know, owns the florist shop, had my dad in class and she's like, oh my God. And like, you know, and like, yeah. it, like he's a teacher. He's not even like anything, he's a teacher. you know, <laughs> it's just like, that is such a cool thing for a kid to experience, to realize that impact that just one person can have. Wow. Um, and then I was, I, so why social studies? I was in my high school social studies class on 9-11 and mm. Um, my school went into lockdown because nobody knew what was going on. And, um, so I just, I had the whole day with my social studies teacher to Uh sort of explain stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, like there's so much I don't know. And then in 20, when I graduated college, it was in the middle of the recession and there were no jobs. And I realized that I was, I was doing all these jobs I thought were great and, I, but I kept wanting to go back to summer camp and be a counselor there. And I was like, man, I think I just like working with kids. And even though, you know, I had known all this stuff about teaching from those two earlier experiences, I'd kind of been like, yeah, but my whole family's teachers, I'll do something else. And I same, that's what I said too. (laughs) (laughs) And that moment realizing how much I just loved working with kids at summer camp kind of yeah brought me back to that so that's that's cool yeah but push i mean my dad pushed me so much to to you know to like go and work hard and i have so many memories of him just like challenging me to like i'm i'm climbing a mountain and he's like brooks don't quit and you know we're just like going and to do that for my students is you know there's such a huge like interconnectedness between my mission and my dad and um and so you know you can't like why am i doing this it's it's this mission that my dad kind of put me on a path towards so that there's no words for that but thank you for sharing thank you for sharing that story um i just got chills down my spine before we were talking you were telling me something and i got chills down my spine so that's what you get at the remedial history project um (laughs) you just get joy and laughter and depth and creativity so we'll put all all the links to your stuff um kelsey thank you so much and i did want to just let everyone know you teach at moltenboro academy to sign out kind of place you geographically so that's up in, in in new hampshire um, I was just looking at a map because I'm not as well versed with New Hampshire geography. So it's just north of Concord, no <laughs> right? Nobody is. And uh, and and what a beautiful part of our country to be teaching history, right? Where it's sort of the oldest um, European-based history stuff going on. We're going to jump right into our podcast theme, Kelsey, if that's okay. And sure if you can talk to us about what makes you an unconventional teacher and and I have a feeling that, that the list goes on and on and on, but what are the, maybe the top two or three things that make you an unconventional teacher? I mean, I love this theme of unconventional and um, I think the biggest one is that my first day on the job, I had a conversation with my superintendent who was, by the way, the only female administrator I've ever had. Oh, interesting. Um, 
And she, uh, she told me that I need to teach with urgency. And I really admired her. I mean, here's a woman who is, is an admin and like crushing at life. And she says, teach with urgency. Mm-hmm. And her definition of that is kids come in the classroom and what you, you know, sort of, there's a lot of underlying beliefs that go behind that, which is what you teach is important. What you teach matters mm-hmm. that, you know, you need to be bell to bell because otherwise you're wasting kids time. They only get these treasured moments in public school to be with you. And after that, they're going to have to pay for education. Right. So a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money. So like give them your best for the time that you have them. And, um, so I, I, I really took that to heart. And I think, you know, teaching with urgency is one way to put it, but I, another way to put it is I, I set really high standards for myself and for my students. And the feedback that I get from my students after they graduate is they say that they, you know, I don't think that kids necessarily love me as a teacher. Right. I don't think that kids, um, you know, people don't want to hang out in my room during lunch. Mm-hmm. Fine. I'm the same way. I'm like, come and come and hang out with me. I showered I today. You know? I'm nice. <laughs> exactly. But when they leave, they feel prepared. Mm-hmm. They feel like I think they realize that they can accomplish hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's really important. And I it's kind of interesting because having those high standards, I think, is is in some ways like old school teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think what makes me unconventional, despite being a little old school, is that I blend in terms of content and in terms of um, strategies. I am very new school. And so there's sort of this blended of like, I'm going to have really firm expectations. I'm going to be, you know, pretty tough on you. Deadlines are deadlines, you know, despite competencies and all those other things that we're doing. Um, and, and I, I, but at the same time, like, you know, remedial history is just one example, but I think, you know, there's a lot, there's an organization called teaching tolerance for history educators. And their whole thing is having the courage to teach hard history. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that I am, am doing my best to do that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think just that willingness to, to be urgent, to be present, to have high standards for myself and my students um, is something that I wish more people had. And I wish more people cared about their subject and the kids and the urgency of this moment that we have just a short time with them. (laughs) And it really is so short when you think about it. And I I regularly, I mean, I'm, I teach 11th and 12th grade. So I regularly remind myself that if they don't know this by the time they live here, they might never be taught this ever. ever. And like, and so like, I might be the only person that teach them about civil rights, about women's yeah. rights, about, you know, wars and protests and economic yeah. justice. So it's wild. <laughs> My, it is wild. But the fact that you're giving windows windows into this, this other side of history where it was traditionally not a public role that a woman would fulfill. Mm-hmm. But man, there was a lot of public things that came out of conversations that happened in private. And I... Uh, I, I, I just I just can't say it enough. Um, the the work well, and that you're it's interesting doing. You say that because this summer, you know, after George Floyd passed away, right? I was doing a ton of research. You know, I'm still pursuing this path of women's history, and and I went, oh my gosh, 
I have been pursuing women's history and how much of that women's history is indigenous American women, yes. American, you know, and so, so, and I have sort of opened my eyes to even within the context of issues of civil rights, mm-hmm. um, the people that often get taught in those contexts are still men. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, like Martin Luther King totally overshadowed some of the, the women of the civil rights movement in his time. And those women were the backbone to his movement, if you look into it. Okay, I'd love to hear a story, um, Kelsey, when, you know, all this time, eight, nine, ten years of, of working with students, probably more if you include your your camp time, when when risk taking paid off, right? When when you said, man, I'm really glad I didn't take that traditional route. Can you give us a little story? Totally. So my first year teaching, uh, I, so in grad, I went to grad school to uh, get my master's in education and um in that time, I was the like an intern, a graduate assistant for the National History Day program. And uh, basically, my job was to coordinate the New Hampshire State Competition. And so I became really familiar with this program. And I thought like, this is great. So now I'm a first year teacher. And I'm like, I should do that program. That was so cool. And I ran the state competition. So I know how, how I know how to do this. And um So I decide to do this with my students. Well, uh, it's one thing to coordinate it. It's another thing to lead students. (laughs) (laughs) So I do this and all of everybody said, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. it. Just like get, get your feet wet. Like, you know, like become a teacher first and then try it. That's not me. So I, I, decide to do this program the way national history day works is it's the students pick a topic that they're interested in and it's really student driven and it's they research it and and you guide them as the teacher through the research process and I didn't realize how much scaffolding you have to provide (laughs) that's what I was just thinking and so man that was hard and then competency is we we do the competency system i don't know if you guys do i've heard um, of them yeah maybe you can post a link to your school and the competency system and yeah. stuff for other folks that aren't familiar yeah so it's it's basically like they have a long time to complete if they can demonstrate the competency within the year of the course then they can uh, pass the competency right and my school does it a little bit different where there are like grade caps and stuff like that but so this is, you know, the kids are deep entrenched in the competency system and I'm coming from the university. So I'm like, no, like there's a deadline and there are judges coming and you need right. to be ready to present to them. Like, cause NHD, they get like, they get historian judges and people from the community to come and like see the kids projects and they have to present to a panel. Oh, that is so cool. So I'm like, I have, I have all these professors here and none of the kids are ready because they've never had a hard deadline like this. And so I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like it's not going well. This is really, really bad. And, um, we have this 
this guy who's a community member and he's very conservative and he's kind of anti all the money that's going into the school and I invite because he, he works for the historical society so I invite him in to come and be a judge and I'm thinking like this guy's perfect not knowing that he like doesn't really like our school <laughs> <laughs> no way so he comes in and I do this thing it doesn't go well I'm really nervous about it and I end up getting, you know, it kind of, the year kind of is just a wash. And I'm like, I get to the end of that day with the competition and I'm just like, oh. And this guy says something to my principal, like, man, the kids don't seem very prepared and, you know, whatever. Oh, no. And I went, oh, no. So you try something. It doesn't go well. Like, what do you do? You fix it, you know? Fall on so, your face, right. You, know, you fall on your face and you get up. And so I'm like, okay, I need more like deadlines. I need to get, you know, I need to have more scaffolding built in here. Da, 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 da. So year two comes around. I do the same thing, but I go bigger. I include more kids. Now we've got dozens of kids are in the school participating in this competition. We move it down to the auditorium. So it feels like this new setting. The kids kind of understand that like judges are coming and it's legit and there is a deadline and I kid you not not a single kid was late not like turned in the assignment late wow. the the thing went off without a hitch and that same guy not only went up to my principal again to say what an amazing program you are building blah blah blah, blah. but he also was like so just in awe of the kids and so every kid he's like this is such a great research topic I'm so <laughs> proud of you and blah, blah blah and it just it like you know like literally the two the year to the next could not have been more different and right. I mean, it was like very scary and very disappointing to to fail, but then also like I am modeling failure for my kids. Oh yeah, like, right. That, like, it's just so cool. Right. Oh, <laughs> what a great way to end our, our our quick episode with you. My goodness, um, I I really like ending these episodes with a little ellipse, you know, a dot dot dot, because yeah. our profession is a year to year at the very least. It's a day-to-day, -day, I think, that's my approach to it. The passion, your energy, it's contagious. We wish you all the best and hopefully we'll stay friends of each other's shows. Um, but the work you're doing is so important to represent half of our world and the important work that everyone does, not just to raise children, the biological sort of nature. I mean, come on, let's move past. And now sitting in this, in this public sphere that women are sitting in and um, it is so great. And then that story that you got to share with us around falling on your face, taking a risk and not working out. Even the judges are saying, what are these guys doing here? Right. This is so not right. And you kept on going. Right. How many teachers would say, well, we're not doing that again. And you staying with it and sticking with it through the through that thick um, that failure that, that, that you, uh, that you talked about is so inspiring. I really want to appreciate you for being here and, uh, we wish you all the, all the best in your future endeavors. May the next decade be even better than your first decade in teaching and take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of an unconventional teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. 
If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to anunconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.